Hello, I'm Stephen Mansfield. Welcome to Derek Prince Legacy Radio. Derek Prince Legacy Radio, a broadcast outreach of Derek Prince Ministries, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of author and Bible teacher Derek Prince. Your guide to the Derek Prince Legacy is New York Times best-selling author and speaker Stephen Mansfield. Welcome to you on this Wednesday. So great to have you with us here at Derek Prince Legacy Radio. I hope you have been with us for the last eight weeks as Derek has been teaching us about laying the foundation. It's been marvelous. And today his topic is at the end of time. He's going to be talking to us about the tribulation on earth before Jesus returns and what the church must do to complete her task. Let's listen. Revelation 22 verses 10, 11, and 12. He, the angel that brought the revelation, said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. That's a remarkable statement, since it comes from God. God is saying, in effect, if you want to be unrighteous, go on. You don't have long, live it up. If you want to be filthy, be still more filthy. But if you're righteous be still more righteous. If you're holy, be still more holy, because this is the parting of the ways. And then Jesus says in the next breath, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give it to everyone according to his work. So this is immediately before the return of the Lord. The wicked and the righteous side by side. The wicked getting more wicked, the righteous getting more righteous. And let me say, in the spiritual life, there is no standing still. You cannot remain static. You have to be going either forward or backward. The book of Proverbs says the pathway of the righteous is like the shining light which shines more and more onto the perfect day. Righteousness is not a standstill. It's a pathway. It's something you move in. And if you're moving in that way, the light is getting brighter every day. If you're living today by yesterday's light, you're beginning to be a backslider. You're not in the pathway of righteousness. All right. So those are two things. Then in the midst of all this, Jesus offers us some beautiful words of comfort. In Luke 21, verses 25 through 28, speaking about the close of the age, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. The whole globe is going to be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's the coming of Jesus. Now this is what he says. Now he's speaking to his disciples. When these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So how do you react to all the turmoil and the conflict? Do you get depressed and discouraged? Or do you say, praise God, our redemption is very near? You see, your reaction tells you where your heart is. Jesus spoke about birth pangs of a new age, and he described them in Matthew 24. We may look there a little later. And they're very unpleasant, but I've never given birth to a baby, but I understand it's never an easy experience. Birth pangs are associated with it. The question is, do you want the baby? If you want the baby, you'll put up with the birth pangs. No birth pangs, no baby. So again, you can check your own attitude by how you respond. If you say things are getting worse and worse, oh, this is so depressing, I feel so miserable, where is God, I don't see him doing anything, you're rejecting the birth pangs. What it really means is you're not waiting for the baby. What is the baby? 
It's the birth of the kingdom of God on earth. It won't come without birth pangs. The birth pangs are guaranteed. What we have to determine is how we will respond to them. Meanwhile, as I've said, in all of this, the church has a task to complete. What is that? I didn't hear you. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to all nations. Let's look at the picture of the birth pangs in Matthew 24, beginning of verse 7. For nation will rise against nation, that's ethnos against ethnos, ethnic conflict. Kingdom against kingdom, there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pangs. You see? So you want the baby, you have to endure the birth pangs. There's no alternative. And then Jesus says, and there's a series of thens. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Who's you? That's right. You is us. That's not good grammar, but it's the truth. They will deliver you is you and me, Christians. We will be hated by all nations for the sake of Jesus' name. Verse 10, then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Many who? Many Christians. The pressure will be too great. They'll give up. To save their own skins, they'll betray their fellow believers. This has been happening in China, Soviet Union, for a generation or two. And it's not confined there, believe me. Verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And believe me, the world is full of false prophets. And a lot of them are inside the church. We won't go into that. I just make that statement for you to ponder on. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Do we see lawlessness increasing in the world today? Yes or no? I don't think anybody would say no. And that's what Jesus said. Lawlessness will abound. And he said, what will be the result? The love of many Christians will grow cold. The word for love there is agape, the, the word used specifically for Christian love. So under the pressure of the lawlessness in the world, some of us will let our love grow cold. Now the next verse is very significant. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. The, actually the Greek is more specific. It says he who has endured to the end shall be saved. So how do you stay saved? You have to endure. That's right. You're saved now. But to remain saved, you have to endure. And I tell people, and nobody really blesses me for saying this, there's only one way to learn to endure, that is enduring. That's right. More to come as Derek Prince Legacy Radio continues. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ is a life-changing process, one that lays a stable foundation upon which you can build a whole new life. In his book, At the End of Time, Derek Prince helps you lay that foundation. You'll learn the biblical steps to strengthen your faith and move into your life in Christ with power and certainty. As a companion to this special radio series, we want to send you a copy of Derek's book, At the End of Time, free and postage paid. Call 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, 888-737-0771. Build a strong foundation. 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, 888-737-0771. Or visit us online at DerekPrince.org. So if you're in the midst of enduring right now, bear in mind God is training you to live it through to the end of the age, you see. And then it says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. You say, well, 
when times get easier, we'll go out and preach the gospel. No, no, no. Times are going to get harder and harder and harder. And it's going to take guts to go out and preach the gospel. Do you like that rather vulgar word, guts? Very American. You know the American translation of that? Intestinal fortitude. That's what we need. Christians with guts. The thing, the situation is it's not going to get any easier, it's going to get harder. If you think it's too hard now, well, move in quickly before it gets harder. You see, the church that Jesus wants is not going to be deterred by opposition or persecution. It's committed to him and to his purposes and to his tasks. Now, let's go on to the events that are associated with the return of Jesus. And I'll give you a little list of events. Not necessarily in the correct order. You know why? Because I don't really know what the correct order is. I've met some Bible scholars that believe that they did know the correct order. The trouble is they didn't agree with one another. So they couldn't both be right. And I'm prepared to leave it with the Lord, see? I'm not a busybody. I don't uh, badger God for answers. David said at one point, my soul is like a weaned child within me. Let Israel hope in the Lord. He said, are there things I can't solve? This is so vivid to me, I hope you won't think I'm vulgar. But years ago, I used to preach regularly to large audiences of Africans. And the front two rows would be occupied by nursing mothers. And whenever the baby started to squawk, the mother would begin to nurse it right there in front of me. So I learned to look over the first two, three rows. But you know what I noticed? An unweaned child just makes a fuss when it wants food. But a weaned child waits for the mother to prepare it. And David said, my soul is like a weaned child. I don't badger God with my problems. I just let him show me the things he wants to show me. The key to understanding biblical prophecy is to let the Holy Spirit focus your attention on the things he wants to show you at any given time. Don't be an unweaned child. All right, now here are some of the events. The resurrection and judgment of true Christians. First of all, the rapture. How do you feel about the rapture? First Thessalonians 4. Some Christian scholars will tell you the word rapture isn't found in the New Testament. That's rather a naive statement because it depends on what translation you use. <laughs> I could use a translation that contains the word rapture. It would be a perfectly accurate translation. Well, this is what the Lord says uh, through the Apostle Paul. First Thessalonians 4 verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, those who have died. In other words, the fact that we're alive when the Lord comes will not mean that we get there sooner than the ones who have died. On the contrary, Paul says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. I don't know how people believe in a secret rapture. To me, there's nothing that could be more public than something that's announced from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. I mean, what secrecy is left at the end of that? And the dead in Christ will rise first before we who are alive are changed. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them. Now, caught up could perfectly well be translated raptured. The word rapture comes from a Latin word which means to seize something forcibly. You know, Derek mentioned false prophets, and we are all about trying to help you know the truths of God's Word so you can discern the true from the false. 
yourself. And one of the ways we can help you with that is if you'll connect with us on Facebook. That way you can know us, we can know you, we can tell you about what teaching is available and what Derek Prince Ministries is doing. So go on to Facebook at facebook.com slash DPM Legacy. Facebook.com slash DPM Legacy. Check us out. Let us know you. Hey, that's all the time we have for today. For everyone at Derek Prince Ministries, I'm Stephen Mansfield. Join us again tomorrow as the legacy continues. For more information about anything heard on today's program, give us a call at 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, call 888-737-0771. Derek Prince Legacy Radio is produced by Derek Prince Ministries in association with Audio Aviators. Visit us securely online at DerekPrince.org.